H. He said, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law, and what is your reading of it? And so he answered and said that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. He said, Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. Good at that, aren't we? We're so good at that. We want to justify ourselves, but he's the one who's justified us. And uh, he wanted to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three things do you think was neighbor which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy of him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. That's a cool verse, ain't it? <clears throat> Let's pray together. God, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you that there are things moving in this church. There are things moving out of the way, God. You're shifting and you're moving things in the atmosphere. You're doing things in our heart and in our life, and we're so grateful for it. The Holy Spirit, we ask that you would just be with us right now and open up our ears, our hearts, our minds to just understand and grab hold of all the word today that you want us to walk out of this place with and help us to live this and receive this. And as a result, be changed because of it. And we give you thanks for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Look at your neighbor and say, I, I sure do appreciate you. Oh, I just really appreciate you. Tell your neighbor on the other side, you're looking very, very nice today. Very nice today. Amen. Amen. I love the scriptures. I love the Bible. And, and again, we do this every week. And we go to the scriptures, and we, um, for the first time guests, maybe it's been a little while, maybe since you've been here, we're in a series, a teaching series that we're doing right now called The Parable. And what we've been doing now for the past nine weeks is we have been breaking down and unpacking a, a different parable that Jesus taught to the disciples and to the people and those who were around him out of the scriptures. And we've been looking at that. And I tell you, man, the Holy Spirit has just been showing us some great things. He's been challenging us. Uh, I, and I'm just so, again, thankful for the scriptures. And today we're going to do this. We're going to look at this, uh, this parable that's probably, I would say, as widely known as, as the prodigal son. You have probably these two parables that are probably the most well-known stories within the world. I mean, literally, you, you can go just about anywhere. You don't have to be a church member, church goer. And at some point, you've probably heard of the parable of the Good Samaritan. And you've probably heard of the parable of the prodigal son. Some of these others that we've gotten into and unpacked, you may not have. But we've heard of this one, and, and it's good. And, and, uh, and this parable, you know, you hear this terminology, the Good Samaritan, often. I was watching the news the other day, and I tell you, it was amazing that there was someone trapped underneath a burning car. 
And literally people, I don't know if you saw this on the news, so cool, that you saw people in the news uh, casters, uh, reporter said that the good Samaritans came around and, and they lifted up the car. And so physically, a group of people joined together. It just tells me that just amazing things can happen when we get together. Come on, and you would see this. You would see one person over there trying to lift the car and were able to do so. And then somebody else came and they got a little bit higher. And somebody else came on and grabbed hold of the bumper. And that joker began to just go up off the ground a little bit. And then you saw somebody else. And this thing, just people began to gather around. And what happened was this, this car literally came off the ground and someone reached underneath and grabbed that person to freedom. I mean, pulled them out of the fire. Oh, come on. Somebody spiritual should get a hold of what I just said. Amen. Some incredible, amazing things happen when we get together and we pull together and we unite and we, 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 come to, we can pull people, I believe this today, out of the eternal grips of the fires of hell when we get together, join together in faith. And I love it. I'm so thankful. Come on. That's good. Give him praise because that is incredible. We're seeing that. We're going to celebrate next week some of those who have been gripped, pulled out of that. And so it is just amazing. And I love this story. I love, the, I love everything that gets taught along this story, the principles surrounding it. But I believe this. I believe that this is probably one of the parables within the scripture that I won't say probably gets misinterpreted the most. But I believe it is the one who probably gets partially interpreted the most. Because we look at this, and, and just for a second, we're going to look at two, two sides of the story, and I believe both are true. I believe there's enough Bible to back up both. I believe there's enough things in the Scriptures that says we should, we should lift each other up and we should come together. There's just enough things there. I'm not disputing that meaning. It's very true. But just look at what happens. You see someone who is walking down a street and gets attacked and they and, and you and you hear in scriptures that they, they get beat down, they get left for dead, they get stripped, they get robbed, everything that they have gets taken from them, removed out of their life, and then they're left there for half dead. And so, I mean, you it, it man, it's just that's just tough. I mean, and I believe we see situations around us very similar to that. Maybe not in the natural, but we see things like this. And things like this happen every day in our life. There are people who are stripped beat down, broken, robbed, who are in need and who are hurting and who need, need someone to come along and lift them up. And so in the story, Jesus said this first person who comes is this priest. And so I, I don't, I, I, he wasn't totally dead, so I believe there was a little bit of life left in him. And you must have to think, as he's laying there in that position, this person who had been beaten, broken down and destroyed, is laying in that position, and as maybe with, with a swollen face and blood coming down their eye and, and barely maybe seeing through the, through the, through the, just the glare of the sun maybe as it was coming up the horizon, they look and they see a priest coming down through there. And the priest, now they do this, they have this garb on, and so you, let, you recognize a priest, okay, because, you know, they thought that, you know, dr you have to dress to be a priest. They don't understand you, you're called to be priests. There's anointing to be a priest, and I don't know if I even need to go there. But they, they just, just, but they see this, and so they watch this guy coming down the road, and you probably think there's something in him that begins to say, oh, man, thank you. Thank you, because this guy's like me. He knows where I'm at. He's a priest. He's coming. He knows we're from the same hood. We're from the same area. We, we are together. We know each other. We can do this. And he's going to come, and he's going to help me. And the Scripture says this. Jesus says that he literally passes by on the other side. It's tough. 
That's hard to think about. And then you have a Levite. And a Levite is, is about just maybe the next best thing to a priest. I mean, this person who was, they, they, they walk in the Scripture. They're trying to get taught the Scripture. They're trying to do these works, and they're trying to do, and they're the second-hand man. I mean, they're, they're people that, you know, literally, you're going to think, if, you know, if priests don't do them, maybe somebody else is going to come. This is a good church member. This is a good person who come to church and, and, and tithes and serves. This is a good person, and they're going to do this for me. They're going to help me. The priest might have walked on by, but the Levite's got my back. He has got my back. So he sees him, and he's, he's, he's just barely can see. The Levite, the Bible says, does this. Literally comes, goes past him, and in the same way, passes by on the other side. And that's, 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 that's I mean, <clears throat> that's, that's tough. That's tough when you hear a story like that. <clears throat> because, you know, you, you just, if there's anything good within you, you, you want to help them and you want to do some things and you, and you want to you try to the best of your ability to help someone in a situation like that. But you see these spiritual church-going people who just pass right on by. And then Jesus does something and, and he takes this guy. And you got to remember who's asking this question. It's a certain lawyer. This is someone who understands the law. This is someone who understands the scriptures. And when Jesus asks him the question back, he's able to quote the scripture to him. He knows what's going on. And so Jesus rocks his world. He messes him up when he tells him the person that came down the road next. He said that there was a certain Samaritan. Now, you have to understand the history. There is as bad as the race wars have been in this nation. As bad as things have been in, in the deep, deepest woods of the South, amongst racial barriers, I mean, imagine how, think about how the worst time, those black and white pictures that you've seen and those movies that you've seen of some of the racial idiots, well, is idiocity, what's the, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? That is, a, was I close? That one. I mean, that, that you think about for just a moment, some of the craziness, just the foolishness of, of, of race wars that are happening, man. There is nothing that compares to what happens in here. Pastor Ralph, I'm all right. I mean, these folks, they, there was no love there whatsoever. So you see this guy as he is laying there in the street, half dead, beaten, broken, worn down, stripped naked. I mean, just wore out. And then he sees coming down the street his enemy. Wow. And you've... And you, you, you got to think, he's sitting there, and, and it's, have you ever had one of them days? He's like, man, this day can't get any worse. And then it does? Come on, it, it, then it really, it gets worse. And you're like, man, oh, come on. It, had this happen? <clears throat> this is kind of like what happens here. This guy's beat down her, and he said, man, it ain't going to get any worse than what it is right now. And then all of a sudden, he sees his marriage, and he's like, oh, dear Jesus. Come on, you are kidding me. You are, he said, I'm half dead. I'm about to be the other half. I'm about to go the rest of the way. I'm about, it's, this thing's about to get real ugly. And then the story just dramatically takes a shift when this guy comes up to him, this certain Samaritan. He walks by, and the Scripture says that he had compassion. Now, remember some of the key words in this story, all right? because we're going to bring it together in just a moment. But just remember some of the key words in the story that he was beaten. He, was, he had been robbed. He had been stolen from. He had been in a place of death. His life had been destroyed. But somebody came along and had compassion. 
All right, we're going somewhere. Just stay with me. And, and in this story, this, this Samaritan who has compassion for this guy who is laying there beat down, the scripture says that he goes to him, he bandages him, he pours oil and wine, and he sets them on his animal, and he begins to take them through this process. And I tell you, it is amazing when you think about it. He is meeting every need that this guy has. I mean, it's just, it's just so cool, and I love it. And again, I, I believe today as he goes through and begins to minister to him, I believe everything that we've taken from the Good Samaritan is true. I, I, just, I think every, every concept that we've pulled from that is very true. I believe this today that we are called that. I don't know if those who lifted up the car were Christians or not. I don't know if they were. I, I don't know. I know they had, a, they had something in them that saw a need, and they went and met that, and that's awesome. And that's what, that's what compassion does. You see a need and you meet the need and you do this. And so this is what happened in their life. They, they, they come by and lifted the car up and the guy set free and he's healed today. I mean, just think about how cool that is. But in this story today, this guy comes to him. He brings him to this place. And I believe this today that we are the answer for those people who are hurting in situations. And we've done this, and people are taking this, and, and there are organizations. We're helping out one called the Samaritan's Purse incredible organization, do great things for the kingdom. We're doing Operation Christmas Child, and if you gave towards that, thank you. That is so cool to think about something you bought here is going to go into a foreign country somewhere out in the world, and some little kid is going to take this and open up this box. And, I, and we saw videos from this that literally the world can change. I mean, they, because they put the message of Christ in there, there are people that have opened up the boxes that you've given and the people have, have, have sent to those places, open it up, read this, open up their life change, and there are people in the ministry today because of that, that, uh, that ministry and that organization. That's awesome. That's cool. The Samaritan's Purse. We should do that. I believe we're called to be Samaritans. I believe we're called to meet the physical needs of those people that are around us that are hurting. I believe if we can, we should. If we can't, we pray and we try to get them in contact with people that will. But if we can do something, we should do something. We've talked about that. We need to do what we can do, trust God, do what we can't do. And I believe that's true. And we should walk that way. And this story is great because I, I do feel this. I believe we're the answer for a hurting world. What do you mean, Pastor? I believe we're the answer. And I'm talking to we. I'm talking about the church today. I'm talking about those who are believers. If you're in this room and you're a, you're a Christian, Christ lives in you, and you're in Christ, I believe what we have is, for the, is the hope of the world. I believe what we enjoy, the Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead quickens our mortal bodies. That's in us. I don't believe that the answer for America is a Republican or a Democrat. I, I can't find that in the Scripture. I can't find that Jesus is. Now, again, I, 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 we've talked, I mean, if you, you need to hang out with us on Wednesdays. It's cool what, what's happening on Wednesdays and what we're studying and we're talking about or whatever. But I, I don't believe that's the answer. I, I, I believe the answer is Jesus. Come on. And, and we do this. We, we look for other things to meet the need within us. I, I, I do feel like it is, it is Christ. It is him. It's nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That's who we need to put our faith in, our hope in, and our trust in. And if we're the believer, we should carry that. We should walk in that. Uh, Peter and John in Acts chapter 3, I'd go back and read this. I ain't going to take the time to go into this and, and, and read it all today. But in Acts chapter 3, there's a story in the Bible of someone who had been literally from birth lame out of their mother's womb, lame and could not walk, and daily they would take this person and they would go lay him at the gate. 
Every day. So daily, the scripture says that they would bring him into this place. They would, they, would, they would set him outside this gate. And what he would do is he would beg for money for those who were entering the temple. I mean, just imagine this. Every day, every day of his life, he gets taken to this place. And he's sitting there in need. And he's asking for alms. And he's asking for money. Can I get a dollar? Can I hold a quarter? Can you give me some? Can you put something in my basket? And the Bible says day after day this went by. Daily. I mean, just imagine. For your entire life not being able to walk. Being lame from the womb. Never being able to experience the strength that was in your legs and being able to stand with on your own two feet and being able to put one in front of the other and being able to move and transport and go about life. Imagine that. And here he is outside the gate and he's asking for money. But the story says in Acts 3, go read it sometime, that there's two guys named Peter and John who have been with Jesus. They had, been with, they, they had been with him, have experienced the Holy Spirit in their life in full measure, came down, encountered the true living God, had knew Jesus, and as a result, the Bible says that they was walking into the temple one day, and as they was walking into the temple, they see this guy laying there. I don't know how long this had been going on. I don't know how many times they walked by them. I believe they were good guys, went to the temple, did their thing, did what they should do. But they walked by this guy, and they find him laying there in this position. And he asked them for something. The Bible says that they lock eyes. I think that's cool. I just, that, that's kind of neat. They look at each other. You know, a lot of times we, we want to turn our eyes to those in need. Come on. We want to turn our head to those in need. We don't, we don't want to look at them and, and, oh, don't let them look at you. If they look at you, they got you. It's all, man. Don't look into the eyes. You know what I mean? Just, you think there's something going on. And, and you don't look. And so they, they, just, but they locked eyes. And then Peter and John says something to them. You, you want some silver and gold, I ain't got that on me. I left that in my other robe. I left that in my fanny pack. That's just for somebody. But uh, I mean, that, I, 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 I left that in my other. But hold on, you know what I do have? Amen. Uh, some of you know the story. He said, I, I, I don't have that on me, but I got something else. And the scripture says that they said in the name of the Lord, get up and walk. And the Bible says they, they, they prayed for them, laid hands on them. And then the guy did this, got up. Amen. See, some of y'all wonder why we do all this praying and doing all this kind of stuff and things is happening and things. But wonder why we do that because we've seen people get up. Come on, we've seen people get up. We've seen people, we've seen hearts turn to God. We've seen lives do it. And I, I don't understand why some church would stop having altar calls and start letting the whole, I don't understand that to me because I've seen God do incredible things. And then, and then this is just amazing. Peter and John put their hands on him. He gets up and the Bible says he began to leap and walk. Some of you don't wonder why, you wonder why somebody's been leaping in this church. Some of you wonder why some people jump and you say, don't take all that. You don't know how long they've been lame. Come on, you don't know how, how, how long they've been in the situation they've been in. Some of you wonder why some people fall on this altar. You get bad enough, you'll fall on the altar. You'll give your life. You'll surrender everything over to a Jesus who wants to put his hands on you and bring you up. And in this scripture, they, they do this, and it's amazing. But here's the thing. He didn't need a dollar. He had been there for his entire life, people giving him a dollar. 
giving him a denarii, giving him a little, a little case, giving him a little something, something put a little something. He didn't need that. That kept him where he was at. He stayed there. As long as they gave him that, they never gave him what he needs. I'm telling you something. When you get into a place of need and, you, and you're lame and you, you don't need somebody to give you something you don't need. And here's what I believe. I believe the church has this within us. The world's answers. We have what others need. And, and I'm telling you, if we would just begin to release and do this, but so many times we begin to get, look at everything so just literal. Because Jesus has this conversation with the guy, and he's a lawyer. It means he does the law. He does it well. It means, this, it means he's able to do this. It means he's able to go through Bill and, and do the checklist, and he's able to try to go and live underneath this code and live this certain way and do these certain things. And, and Jesus even tells him, go do likewise. And I believe he, was able, I believe he left doing this, P.S. I believe he began to walk out and was looking for people who had been beat up. He probably stepped over people that had another situation who had been through something else, who needed something else, but because he, he, he didn't have what this story just told, and he was going through the law and living this life of legalism, he missed these things that were all around him. We were, we, me and Caleb were going down the road the other day, and I, uh, it's my six-year-old, and I love talking to him and just hearing him talk. It's just it's a trip. It's interesting. I mean, it's just so funny, just some of the things that he comes out of his mouth. And we're going down. We had to come out of church and do something, and, and we were going back down the road, and we were passing by, the new Thomas McAfee funeral home that's being built. And I said, Caleb, check that out, man. Look at that, dude. That's awesome, ain't it? And he said, what is it? And I said, that's a funeral home, man. He said, maybe it's a hotel. <laughs> and I just kind of, I kind of got tickled. He said, maybe it's a hotel. And I said, well, kind of. <laughs> they they going through there. That's the last stop, man. You checking in, you checking out, and that's the last one. And, and I mean, and I, so best of my ability, I begin to explain to him what that was because that man knows. I mean, dying is part of living, and, and that's why we need to have Christ so we live forever and, and never really die. But, I mean, and I begin to try to tell him this, and I said, man, that's, that's a funeral home. And I said, this is where people that go, who, when, they, when they die, I said, they will go there, and people will have a service. And, you, you know, it's hard to explain this, a six-year-old, and them, he was giving me the look, you know. And, uh, and, and I said, and then after that, I said, if they're a Christian, I said, if Christ lives in their life, if they know Jesus and have this relationship with him, I said, you know, what happens is when someone dies is I said, they go to heaven. And he just, oh, yeah. He heard this in preschool. He heard this from daddy talking. He, said, no, he knew this thing. He said, you know something, daddy? He said, they drive on gold there. I said, oh, yes, I, I said, that's the, that ain't nothing, man. And so we begin to have this conversation about, about what happens when, when someone dies who knows Jesus. And, and, you know, I don't know. Some people say, well, you shouldn't be talking to him at six years old about that. I'm training up my child in the way they should go so that when they're old, they will not depart from it. I'm believing this. I'm going I'm to raise them up in the fear and admonition. I'm going to nurture them. I'm going to speak word in them even now. And I told him this. I said, man, you know what happens if they don't go there? He said, oh, yeah, daddy, they go to hell. And I, I got to go. I tried to talk to him about it, explain it to him. And we had this conversation. And, and, and we, we ministered one another a little bit. And he's taught me some things. And, and I hope they taught him some. But we had this conversation. But you know what's happening around us right now? There are people beat down all around us. And I'm just, you don't have to look hard 
to see this. You don't have to look to this place. And, and I don't know why. I don't know why we, we don't share it like we should share it. There's some that are and it's happening or whatever, but I don't know why we don't sometimes seize the opportunities. I've had talked to some other children about this, and, and, and my 13-year-old son, said, his name's now 14, he said this. Well, I know I know how old my kids are. I know they're sitting there thinking, he don't know how old his kids are. No, when he was 13, he said, he said that. He said, you know, Dave said we were scared a lot of times. And I was like, man, dude, thank you for being real. Thank you for sharing that with me. And so we just began to talk about the fact that we, just, we, we need to be unashamed of the gospel. We need to be unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I said, man, you know what? So you need to get to the place to where you don't care what anything, anybody thinks about you anymore. I'm telling you, I started a club up back when I was a youth pastor. I need to resurrect that bad boy. It was called I Don't Give a Rip Club. <coughs> oh, yeah, I was a president, CEO, financial officer, CFO. I was all those, man. Then I started recruiting people, and people became a part of this thing, man. But literally, we need to live our life not caring what other people think about us. I mean, so many people, we don't share the gospel because somebody's going to think something about us. They may think that I'm crazy. They may think that, that I, I, I'm, there's something wrong with me and, and, and I, I can't do this in this way. Let me tell you something. You have the answer inside of you if you're a Christian. You have this in you. You, you have within you everything that someone needs to get out of the street of, 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 of hurt and pain and poverty and struggle. You have that on the inside of you if you're a believer. And we just need to just simply do this. Love people. Love them. The Good Samaritan story, the principle around it is awesome. And I love it. And we should just love people. They can do this. They, they can doubt our theology and they can, they can question our doctrine and they can not wonder why this happens away or wonder why this does happen, but they can't argue our love. I'm telling you, they can't argue the love of someone who comes and picks them up. And so Jesus is telling them, and in the story, it, it's, it begins to amaze me, we miss some of the things that are very important in the story. Because in the story, it starts off, the first thing that happens is a question's asked. And we read that, and we had the conversation. We talk about the, the, the Good Samaritan. And a lot of times we forget what was asked in the story. Think back with me for just a second. You have this lawyer who comes to Jesus, and he asks the question. He says, what is it that I need to do to have eternal life? What do I need to do to have eternal life? And, and if, if you understand the story of, of, of the gospel and grace, you understand that just doing this story as far as being a good Samaritan won't get you to heaven. I mean, today, heading home from church, somebody could be up underneath a burning car and by yourself, single-handedly, go through and raise that bad boy up, cut the car, flip, pull him out, throw him on your shoulder. And say, where's new center four, man? Get a picture of this. I'm going to show this. And, and, and you know something? You can still, in Caleb's words, you know, you can still go to hell. It's tough. This guy can hear this story and he can look at it and he can, he can follow along and he can track with this thing. And then he can look and he can go out. And he, and because Jesus said, go do likewise. He can go out and spend the rest of his life doing this looking in the woods, looking on the sides of the road, picking people up, and he can devote his entire life ministry. He could be the Samaritan purse founder. He could be the one who started it all. Man, I want to devote my life to this, man, and just be going down the road, set it up, train people. Train people, man. We're going to teach you how to do this. We're going to teach you how to pick them up, set them on your horse, pour some oil and wine in them. We're going to teach you this thing, and you're going to do it well. You can spend your entire life on that and still miss it. 
Because there's some things in the story that Jesus talks about, and I, I, and I think that sometimes we miss and we look at, and these connections begin to happen and begin to unfold because Jesus says this to him. He always, and I like how Jesus works. He gets asked a question, and I'm learning to do this a little more. I, I used to get asked a question. I'd immediately spout off an answer. Some of y'all who've known me for a while knew I, I, I do that. And I would just get, have my, but now he, Jesus did this. He asked him a question. He does, and they have this question. They begin to have this question and answer seminar, and they begin to tell him what's it going to take, and he tells them, you, you love your neighbor, love God with all your heart, all these types of things. He says, yeah, that's good. But then he tells the story, and the guy wants to justify himself and says, who's the neighbor? And Jesus said, you tell me who the neighbor was. Who was the real neighbor? Who was the real one who did this? And I think he was trying to do this. It's just something that God showed me the other day as I was reading this, and I haven't heard it taught this way, but I believe sometimes we miss the whole point of the story. Because we asked ourselves early on when we started this parable series, I, I wanted you to ask her the question is, who are you in the story? Remember that? I asked her, who, who are you in the story? When we look at things, there's things that God's trying to teach us and he's trying to show us. So who are you in the story? So we've looked at each one and we ask, and sometimes when we were this person, sometimes we're that person. And I think a lot of times we look at this story and we do this. We see it and when, and when we think about who we are in the story, we automatically want to go and be the Samaritan. I mean, we want to be the superhero of the story. We want to come and pull it out, the big ass on our chest, man, and we want to see somebody. they standing on the side of the road holding a sign, and we give them a dollar. <laughs> Tell you something right now. I gave them a dollar. See, I mean, we, we just, I mean, this is just in us, and, and I hope, I mean, we should. And, and what's really cool is, I mean, I believe people really are ministering to one another. Well, they are. I mean, I'm just hearing stories, people ministering to each other and going and helping one another and giving to each other. And just, that's the Bible, and we, should, we just thank you for grabbing hold of our vision as church. But sometimes we do this, and he's asking a question, and we automatically want to go to the Samaritan, and that's who we want to be. But I think sometimes we forget who we really are in the story. I believe this, and God showed me this. I believe we're the one on the side of the road. Because remember I told you there's some, there's some, some key words in there, and, and, and there's some things that we need to grab hold of and that we need to see in this. The Scripture says that in John 10.10 10, that the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. He's talking about the enemy. He said he's come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said this. He said that I've come that you may have life, and that they may have life more abundantly. I think sometimes we forget, and I don't know how we do this, and just, I don't know, just life does this to us, but I think sometimes we forget where we came from. Some of you don't. Some of you remember. That's why you act like the way you act and worship like you worship because you ain't forgot yet. You still remember what God brought you from, and that's cool, and you should, and, and I'm so thankful. But sometimes we forget how really hurt and, and, and messed up and lost we are, how in this place where we were literally beat down, destroyed, and we don't sometimes realize and see what our biggest need is. And sometimes we want to go out and we want to be the Samaritan, and we should. But you can never be the true Samaritan until, first of all, you recognize your need for being the one who was beaten and laid on the street. Because the Scripture teaches us this, and I love it. And if you will look through Scripture, I don't have time. Man, it's late. We're going to take in some new members in just a second. But as you look at this, this story, and as you think about the Scriptures in the Bible and what happens to us, we are down in our biggest need. The Scripture says that Jesus came. 
He came to us. And what I love about Christ, you see people brought to him, you see them brought to Jesus in, in, in sin, caught up in it, in the most messed up place of life, in their deepest, darkest hours, some caught in the act of adultery, some had been in a place to where they were hurt and beat down and destroyed. And Jesus did this. The scripture said he would always he would go down to them. And Jesus did this for us. He put a skin suit on for us stepped out of heaven, came to earth, and came down to where we were at and, 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 and literally put this on for us. And the, and the, and the text says that the, the good Samaritan picks him up. Jesus, he does this for us. He picks us up. You can't pick your own self up. You can't. So if you need a day, you need to surrender to Jesus. He can pick you up. Some of you, man, you're working hard, you're trying, you're trying your best, man. You're trying to do better. You're trying to be better. You'll never be able to pick yourself up. Jesus is the only one who will ever be able to do that for you. And he picks us up. And I love what happens next. The scripture says that he pours the oil. And he pours the wine into them. And, 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 and I'm going to have to teach this on a Wednesday night, get into some detail. But the oil and the wine do this. There are two products that they would put together. And these two products, one would cleanse and one would heal. <laughs> Come on, in our deepest hour, in our most messed up place of sin, the scripture says that he came and he made that, that dark sin as white as snow. He's cleansed us from all those things. He pours the oil of healing. Patricia, what happened this weekend for you was there was oil of healing being poured into your life and healing began to manifest itself for us. And Jesus pours this to us and then he does this. He carries us. He carried him. He carried him to the end. And then he does this. He paid the ultimate price. He paid the ultimate price. And I, I'm, I just I love this, man. You really begin to see it. He says, I'm coming back through again. Somebody getting it right now. Somebody's getting this. I, I'm coming back through it. Never thought about this, this story this way, have you? But I'm going to go ahead and pay the price right now. <laughs> come on, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to pay the price right now, and then I'm going to come back again. I'm going to come back through again, and I'm going to pick them back up. And if there's anything else they need, I'm going to go ahead and meet that need too. That's just who I am because I'm a great Samaritan, not a good Samaritan, and his name was Jesus. And Jesus began to do this. And verse 37 says to do this, go and do likewise. Does that mean... Does that mean we run around just, you know, picking people up who have been beaten physically and this and that? We can't. I mean, that's the best part of it. But we're supposed to do this. Have compassion. Meet the need. Love others. Preach Jesus. Colossians, do you still have that, Tim? Colossians 1 says this. We learned this on Wednesday night. It says, Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that they, we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. That word perfect, that's not mean you don't ever make a mistake, but you're complete in Christ. And what we're called to do, each person in this room, if you are a follower of Christ, you're supposed to be out preaching him. Be a good Samaritan in the natural. Do that. Oh, man, do, do more of it. Seriously, if you see a brother's hurting in need, and you should go to him and pick him up, and you should do that. But he said, go represent him. He wants us to be this. He wants us to be like him. We are his representatives on the earth, and we're supposed to go and preach Jesus to every man. What would happen next week if we preached Jesus this week? 
to every man. Better get ready. Something's moving. Something's changing. Come on, I see his glory. It's all around us, man. And I'm going to be honest. I believe this. I believe God wants to show us a piece of heaven on this earth. And you spoke the word prophetic, and I believe that. So many times, hell on earth, man, God wants to show us there's something better. And his name is Jesus. Will you stand with me, please? Just bow your heads. There's been a lot of stuff going on in this church already this morning. There's been a lot of things that have been happening and been taking place. And, and, and if everything God wants to do has already been done, I will give him praise and we'll rejoice in that. But if there's something else he wants to do in this room, I want to let him do it. I want to allow him to do what he wants to do today. And I want to ask this question, and I want to pray with you, and we're going to take some new members in in just a moment. I want to ask this question. Right where you stand today. We've all been the guy on the side of the road. You may have already had him come by and pick you up and, and pull the oil and wine into your, your wound and, and pay the price. You may have received full payment. You, you might be in that place today, and if that is you, for just a moment, I, I want you to just, just simply do this. Just pray. If you already recognize that you are that person, you've already seen that place in your life, and you've already accepted him and the love and grace that he came and he brought it by you, I want you just to pray because there may be somebody in this room today who has never or even in any way accepted that and never realized their need and realized where they were at. But today I just want to speak to those who may be in this room. And today you may say, man, I'm, I'm that person. And I need Jesus to come by and just pick me up. I need him just to come by and pick me up. I'm so thankful for what I've heard today and that he's paid the price for me. And I need him to pour the oil and the wine into my life. I need cleansing in my heart. I just need him to, to, today to just pick me up. If you're here, I, I want to pray for you if that's, that's you. And I just, I just want to introduce you to my friend, Jesus. If you're here in the room and you don't have a relationship with Christ, I'm just going to ask you to slide your hand up real quick if that's you. And I just want to pray if that's you. This is cool, then. This is good. That, that means that each of us in this room today, we've accepted his grace. We've, we've allowed him to pick us up, pour in the oil and the wine. You've allowed him to cleanse you. If you're here today and you need this, you just need healing. You've been cleansed and you're, you're, you understand the, the salvation and securing him. You know that you're a follower of Christ. Maybe like Patricia or Charlotte or some of these, you just say, Man, I, I, just, I just need some healing in my life today. I want to pray for you just right where you're at. If that's you, just slide your hand up if that's you. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Who else? Amen. Let's pray. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, we just pray for those that are around us. Lord, we declare today that the healing power of God, the, the anointing oil, the healing oil, will just be poured in even now. 
Matter of fact, church, just do this. Just put your hand on the shoulder of the, your neighbor. And, and can we just right now be a Samaritan? Can we show love to somebody who may need that today? Can we just pour the oil and the wine into their, their, their situation right now? I want you to start practicing it now. I want you to be able to walk out of this door so secure and wait a minute saying, I can do this. I can pray for somebody. I can go tell somebody about Jesus. Come on, just practice it right now. Just put it in action. Just pray for that person who's beside you. Just, just, just begin to just right now pour the oil and wine into their life right now. Father, we declare healing and cleansing and strength right now to those that we, we are praying for. And God, we just ask you today, Father, in the name of Jesus, to touch them. Lord, we declare healing into them and over them, God. And we thank you, Jesus, for being the great Samaritan for us. Father, we're so grateful that you sent your son. Come on, just pray for them. Just declare healing into them right now. We don't know what this week's been like for them. Come on, some of them were not able to go to a, a retreat and, and experience what they experienced. Some people have had a rough, rough time that just need this right now. Just minister to them just for a moment. God, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for picking us up when we were beat down, destroyed, and in our darkest hour. Your word says you've picked us up out of a horrible pit, set our feet upon a rock. Thank you for that, Jesus. And God, I pray today this word will get us in us and our hearts, and we'll go and do likewise. We'll see a need and we'll meet it. If they need a dollar, Lord, help us give them, let us give them a dollar. If they need Jesus, help us to share you with them. Help us to do our part, God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.